Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kamisha Lucier, and I'm so glad you're back with me and my beloved today. So glad you're here. So glad to be spending this time in God's Word with you. Welcome, darling. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure and a blessing to be before the Lord and with you doing this at the same time. Amen. 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 Um, before we get into this episode, let's pray. Amen. Honey, you want to open us up in prayer? Sure. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, mm-hmm. for, well, I'll say another time that we're in your presence. I know yes. we're always in your presence. Thank we you, never leave your presence. Mm-hmm. We're always before you. Your thoughts, your heart, your and is always on us to help us, mm-hmm. to lead us, to guide us. Mm-hmm. So we know that, Lord. And we thank you for it. Mm-hmm. We thank you for you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we welcome you in this place, mm-hmm. in this episode, this instruction that you have for us today, Lord, mm-hmm. to minister to your people, your saints, the warriors <clears throat> that you are raising up for your entire army. Amen to defeat the plans, the the schemes of the enemy. Not that we're doing it. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. You've already done it. Mm-hmm. And we are occupying as you've commanded us mm-hmm. and employing the tactics and the plans that you have on the destiny track for our life, mm-hmm. for success, great success, mm-hmm. and victory, to move from victory to victory in your name. In the name of Jesus. And thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we have in you, the joy. Amen. Your joy that is our strength, Lord. And we just thank you for this this time of fellowship. We thank you for this time of worship as we study your word, Lord, and that you are a good God and always faithful to your word and faithful to your name and you're faithful to us. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Okay. The title of today's episode is called Spirit. This is the Intro to Spiritual Warfare, um, A Time to Die. I know you might be going, oh, what's she talking about? What's she going to so say? <laughs> yeah. But what we're really talking about is the fact that you have the ability to choose when you will die. And before we get much further into this, I just want to encourage you in this way and share this with you again. I think it's something that you've heard us say before, but I want to say it again. Uh, We are interested in you being discipled to Jesus Christ, not being discipled to us. You know, that's when this ministry began, this is what the Lord shared with us, but also what our heart is to disciple his people to his name and to follow him not to us. We love you. And, and that's how the Lord's house gets built. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But, you know, we love you, but nowhere near what God loves you. I mean, we don't even compare. I mean, like, it's, it's not a, even on the same. possibility. Nowhere near. Exactly. Nowhere near that. And it is vitally important that your allegiance is to the Lord God Almighty, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God Most High in His fullness, and only. that's it. That's it. Discipleship only to Jesus is um, what we are doing in this ministry. And we want to encourage you to put your faith in Jesus Christ. We're here to help. We're here to share what he has commanded us to share and to teach and to instruct. But 
all the glory and honor belongs to him because we don't know unless he tells us and we're only doing what he told us to do because I can assure you it was not my idea or or your idea, my love. It was God's idea. So just make sure that you're staying targeted and focused to that truth and that point. That way, you're always safe. That way, you're always right on target to where you're supposed In to be. In step with the Lord and how he's moving. Amen. Amen. And then do what he wants you to do from there. Glory to God. Amen. Okay. So... You have the ability to choose when you will die. When we talked about lab number three, we, um, there was included an overview of the strategy that the adversary enacts against every human. Um, he doesn't have anything new. We, we know Ecclesiastes already says that there's nothing new under the sun. So the devil does the same thing over and over. And our adversary is not human beings. It's not other humans. The the adversary is the devil, Satan, demons, etc. Every Amen. part of the kingdom of darkness, uh, wicked spirits, all of that. Powers, principalities, evil, wicked mm-hmm, spirits in mm-hmm, high places mm-hmm. or the heavenly places. Yes. Amen. So um, we're just going to touch on that really quickly. The, the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the Lord made clear to us in John 10.10. Um, and I'll just read that so I can get it verbatim. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So the everything that the devil does is to try to steal life, to kill um, prematurely, and to cause the people of God to be unfruitful. So we're starting with this a time to die and, and studying this as we are just getting into our um, intro to spiritual warfare series because, or section of basic training, because in any um, military force and in any um, place where warfare is going uh, to go take place, this comes up, this subject comes up and we're going to address it. And this is actually the Holy spirit. I was, surprised by this but he said put it first before you get into any of the other stuff put this first because we need to talk about the elephant in the room we need to go ahead and deal with this so that way we're able uh, free and clear and confident as we move forward to learn other things Mm -hmm. if you have ever um, had the opportunity to be afraid of something you will know and hopefully readily acknowledge that fear is a blinder amen Fear, if it is unchecked, will paralyze people physically, cause them to be unable to move, to think, or to take action. And the Lord wants us to have boldness and confidence and be free in Him. Natural terms, especially military and combat, it would be fight or flight. Everyone's Mm -hmm. heard that. But then there's the other aspect of freeze, which means someone's just so locked up that they can't think straight they can't and it is paralyzed them as you said they can't mm-hmm. move they can't do anything which well typically ends up at a pretty horrific result for that mm-hmm. individual mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the adversary was he tries to keep the people of god in bondage and just humans in general in bondage because of the fear of death so that he would have an opportunity to um destroy Well, God doesn't want that for his people. So we're going to talk about this truth that we, the people and the children of God have a right, or we have the ability to choose. And it's our right because of our covenant relationship with the Lord to choose the span of our life. It's not a card that's dealt. It's not um, in anybody else's hands. Even people who want to to inflict bodily harm or things of that nature, they don't have the right to take your life. And neither does the adversary. Amen. 
Amen. So, darling, will you start us off on our springboard scripture, please? All right. And that's also going to come from John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10. We're going to read verses 17 and 18, which says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen that makes that. me go, ooh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. So we're talking about this now again because we have to make sure that there is an image of life on the inside of us and not an image of death. While we're discussing death, right? So let's, let's understand that in full because... Yes, we've already said that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm -hmm. And we are told to be dead to self in Scripture, Amen. to our own flesh. And and dead to fear. And and Yes, exactly. Uh -huh. So let's understand that in full. And I know someone else is probably saying, but this is talking about Jesus. And Jesus is the only one that can take his, lay his life down and take it back up again. And while that may be difficult for some uh, those that have, have been taught of or, or in a religious mindset, it's not only applicable to Christ. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go over that now and walk away with a, I'll say, with a, a renewed mind concerning this. While we're talking about death, if you will, in the sense of, of how it applies to us, mm -hmm. what we're really talking is about choosing life. Amen to that. And... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and we're told to guard our heart because mm -hmm. out of it flow the issues of life. So if you have been someone who has an image of death or subject to fear through your life, it's going to make it hard for you to be an effective warrior because you have another concern other than doing the task of a warrior. Um, and the adversary will try to intimidate you or any believer and cause you to be afraid to do the things that God is asking you to do. And oftentimes the threat is the peril of loss, um, mm -hmm. whether it's loss of a relationship, loss of a family member, loss of finances, loss of popularity, um, being mocked or um, even make you afraid that you'll die physically by following something that the Lord says. So there are some things that have been taught through religion that we, we're going to have to go through and find out the truth, see what the truth of God's word is, and overturn or correct any image that is mm -hmm. opposite and not square on with what God has said. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. He meant that. Amen. So when he's talking about eternal life, absolutely. But he's also talking about life here in this earth that fulfills the entire purpose that God has for us. So um, we're going to start off by looking at, um, we'll start off, next step would be to go to Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, to see what God actually said about what is the span of the life of humans, mankind. Amen. So it says this, Then the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever, because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. Amen. So we, we looked at the map before, right? And we saw that this is where the Lord reset time. And then this is also where he adjusted the lifespan of humans. 
Because prior to, clearly there was, I don't want to say no lifespan. Mm-hmm. Or, but you have not Adam lived to be 960 years old. Methuselah, 969 years old. Um, Moses, I think, I believe was 585 or something to that effect. Um, you say, you meant Noah. Uh, Noah, excuse me, Noah. yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so, so you see there was significant lifespans. Exactly. And he, God didn't intend for us to, him to continue to linger on and and dealing with sin. He's Mm -hmm. got a timeline. We've already discussed that. Amen. Um, But understand this, we are not and have not been born or created to die. That's why the Lord had to adjust the time span. We were not created to die. We were born in those of us who were born, but also created to live. Mm -hmm. God fully intended that the body of man would live indefinitely. That's how we were designed. Now, sin, when it came in, caused the lifespans to be shortened. But you can even see in the the first generations, they didn't really even understand that. I mean, that's almost a thousand years of life that, you know, that the first generations lived. Now, think about that. If we just kept going on, everybody lived a thousand years, we'd never get back to eternity. I mean, goodness (laughs) gracious, that would take our proverbial forever, but no, not forever, but it would just be really exaggerated and drawn Mm -hmm. out. And God set the time or this, this, the term or the span of the life of men at 120 years. That's what he said. Now, as we study the word of God, it's important that we look for clues throughout the word. So what do I mean by that? There are times where there's someone's um, perspective that's been recorded in the Bible and the person is saying something and they actually said what they said, but it doesn't mean it's an accurate representation of God. Like when people say that God isn't fair, the, the Lord addresses that in Ezekiel. He says, you say that I'm not fair. Well, I say you're not fair. And that they actually said that, but is that true about God? No. Absolutely not. Actually, we could just look at the age thing, right? Whether it was almost a thousand years, 900 years or whatever that people were living mm-hmm. or just 120 years, right? Mm-hmm. Whichever... It still shows the Lord's goodness and his graciousness because as it pertains to people that choose to be in opposition to the Lord, it doesn't matter if they have a thousand years or if they only have 120, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to choose what they're going to choose, whether that's for the Lord or to be in opposition to him, which you saw in Noah or in Noah's day where he's like, all right, we're not going to strive forever. Mm-hmm. And, and, in dealing with sin, we're not going to let this exactly keep lingering out, and we're most certainly not going to go back to eternity with sin, sin still being present. So uh, we're going to go over to Psalm 90 and Psalm 91, and back to what I was saying about um, things that are articulated in the Word. Look for what God says, and then there's a distinction between what God is saying about it and what people say God said about it. There's a distinction between the two. So as you're reading, keep that in mind, and always keep your ears open to listen to the Holy Spirit because yes, they're inspired by God, the people who wrote, wrote the Bible, but there are things in there that their perspective was of God that wasn't accurate. The book of Job is an example of that. Job did not accuse God, but Job's friends did blame Mm -hmm. God. 
And um, the Lord said that they needed, they thought they were telling the truth. They thought they were speaking wisely, but God found fault with what they were saying. He said they didn't represent him correctly. They did not um, uphold his character or represent the character of God correctly. That's me um, summarizing or interpreting what the Lord said there. So, and he said they needed an offering, a sacrifice, and Job needed to pray for them. To intercede on their behalf, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Because otherwise he was going to have to let them be held accountable for what they said. So, um, but they thought they were right and it's recorded in the Bible and God says, here's my perspective on it. So we're going to look at that further in Psalm 90 and Psalm 91, because there's a lot of, um, teaching or even common sayings that are repeated just as, you know, a colloquialism about what the lifespan of man is. And we're going to compare what God said about it and then what people reported their experience as being as thinking this is what God was doing and they've Mm -hmm. taken it and applied it to everyone and it does not apply. So let's look at Psalm 90 and um, we are going to read through this. All right, let's do it. All right, go for it, honey. This is a prayer of Moses. It says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man back into dust and say, Return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday, when it passes by, or as a watch in the night. You have swept them away like a flood. They fall asleep. In the morning they are like grass which sprouts anew. In the morning it flourishes and sprouts anew. Toward evening it fades and withers away. For we have been consumed by your anger, and by your wrath we have been dismayed. We have placed our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days have declined in your fury. We have finished our years like a sigh. As for the days of our life, they contain seventy years, or, if due to strength, eighty years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow. For soon it is gone, and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger, the fear that is due you? So teach us to number our days, that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Do return, O Lord, how long will it be? And be sorry for your servants. O satisfy, o satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness, that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days you have afflicted us, and the years we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants, and your majesty to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, and confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. Okay, thank you, Henny. So, I'm I'm sure if you've been around the religious setting or church setting you've heard people say oh 70 years <laughs> and with 80 strength, with strength. Mm-hmm, quoted as though that's what god said about the life of man the lifespan of mankind mm-hmm. but we just read in genesis where god set that and there's nowhere else that he's overturned it but what you do see here this is a literal um 
description of what was happening back in Numbers chapter um, 13 and 14, where the people who were sent as there were the 10, the 12 spies that were sent, mm-hmm. 10 came back with a wicked report, two came back with a truthful report that God is able to do what he said he would do. But the other 10 said, nope, God is not able. God brought us out here to die. And all the people took the evil report of God, right? They said, with the exception God, of Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb. Amen. Now, the 10 wicked spies, we'll just reference it uh, that way, they came back and said, God's not able to do this. God brought us out here to die. That was their report of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Did they actually say that? Yes. But was it true about God? No. And so what happened to them is that the Lord said, you're going to have the fruit of your lips. By your words, you're justified. And that's another scripture that is a concept Mm -hmm. that was applied there. Um, by your words, you're justified, or you're, by your words, you're condemned. You said you were going to die out here, so you're going to die. And, and I'm going to let you have that. And what he also said was, so you spied out the land for 40 days. So mm-hmm. You're going to have a year in the wilderness for each day that you spied out the land. Mm-hmm. And then he also said that those that were 20 and above were not going to enter in, but they were going to fall in the wilderness. They were going to die in the wilderness. So let's let's look at that. Mm-hmm. So you got people between the ages of twenty and forty years old, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, they right? With, with the to. exception of Joshua, Caleb, and, and I'll say even Moses and Aaron. Now they they did not enter in for another reason. Mm-hmm. But look at the age of many of those individuals between the ages of twenty and forty years old. So that would make it somewhere between sixty to eighty years. So seventy and eighty with strength. Mm-hmm. But again, well, I'll say the bigger question is, who is he talking to and about? It's those that were unbelieving. Amen. That's the short answer. Amen. And we've already covered that there's not a separate standard for Jews and Gentiles. If you're a Jewish person, it's okay for you to disregard and dishonor God, and it's okay for you not Absolutely to believe Absolutely not. No, God has one standard. He said um, the, the New Testament is full of... There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male nor female. God is no respecter of persons. God's saying, I'm, that's not what I'm talking about as the distinguishing factor. It's whether you're for me or against me is the distinguishing factor because he's created all the nations, the peoples of the earth, and he is looking for those who believe him that are a part of his family and his household. So, so let's also understand again further the why or deeper why it's the unbelieving that he's, that he's discussing or talking about. And it is because if we're not believing the Lord and we're not entering into what he says, saying what he says to say, do what, doing what he says to do, then we are trying to do it of our own strength. And our own strength can only bring us but so far. And our own strength says we have another God. There it is. Exactly. Other than the Most High God. Amen. So your own strength can only bring you to 70 to 80 years is what it's saying. Now, the Lord can have grace as he does, but you see the difference. Because when it talks about Moses, at 120 years old, he had not lost sight or strength. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, um, sin steals life. God Amen. said 120 was a lifespan, and that was just... He didn't say for the righteous it's 120 or for the wicked. He just said, this is the span of man. Now, what does sin do? 
it steals life. The penalty of sin is death. And we already talked about the penalty of sin being death is the same for everyone. No one gets to, um, because of who your dad was, who your mom was, who your grandpa was, gets to be given a ticket away from that. Now, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have redemption when we bring our sin to him and allow it to be covered by the blood and then cease to live wickedly. Um, Which then denotes your believing. Amen. Amen. You've turned away from... Your faith is now in action towards the Lord. Glory to God. So he's talking to, back to Psalm 90, this is to people who were unbelieving in their relationship. And even though they were within the the collective group of Israel, they weren't Israel because he's looking for faith. He said the seed of Abraham are those who believe Mm -hmm. like Abraham. So they did not believe God. So even though they were technically in the tribe, they had aligned themselves with another kingdom, which is the kingdom of darkness, to speak um, falsely against the Lord and even to cause other people to fall into sin. So, And so the people that believed them had the same outcome as them because that's what they said. They kept saying, Lord, you brought us out here to die. And you tried to, you brought us out here to kill our little ones and, and all these untrue things about God. And they were using their mouth in a way that it was not designed to be made, which is as a weapon against the Lord and to defile and defame the name of the Lord and his character. So, and it was their confession because that's what mm-hmm. came out of their heart, mm-hmm. uh, the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. So he allowed them to have what they said. The fruit of their right? lips. You've, I'm sure you've heard that. You can have what you say. Okay. Mm-hmm. He let them have what they said. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now let's go over to Psalm 91. Oh. And please keep this in mind. God offers mercy because he wants to, not because he's obligated to. Amen. So please keep that in mind. We cannot extract it from him or demand it from him in the cases where we think it's applicable. He gives the mercy because it's his right to give and it's his pleasure to give, but he is a righteous judge. Now let's look at Psalm 91. All right. It and says, compare. we're going to compare these two. It says, he who dwells on the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, for you have made the Lord my refuge. Even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent, for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you will trample down, because he has loved me. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high, because he has known my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with a long life. I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So if we were to read from Psalm, the first verse of Psalm 90 
till the 13th verse of Psalm 91, you actually see a comparison of two lifestyles, two kinds of people, one kind of one person or type of person who will not believe God, no matter what he says or does, they are determined and insistent in choosing their heart to be against him. So the wicked or the unrighteous. Amen. Amen. And, and then in 91, you have the righteous. Amen. You see the people that put their trust in God, that have covenanted with him, but mm-hmm. not just barely, not just the washing in and out and ebb and flow, but they have committed to the Lord. When it says that he who dwells in the secret place, that means that abide, that exactly. the, the Lord Jesus ministered about in the, in the Gospels. If you dwell, if you abide in him and his word <laughs> abides in you, you will... Um, Remain with him. You'll love him and his He's word. He's your delight. Absolutely. And where you remain. Thank you, As honey. we said, even in the prayer at the beginning of this, I'll say this episode, he is, we are always in his presence, right? So mm-hmm. it's those that choose to remain in his presence that never leave. It's not a, a coming and going and in and out, mm-hmm. but that remain before the Lord. Amen. Amen. And that um, Psalm 91, the beginning of Psalm 91, verse 1 to verse 13, shows you what his life looks like, the mm-hmm. life that he has of commitment towards God. Or he or she, right? That, that applies to us ladies too. Um, that life of commitment towards God, and this is your perspective. He's your shield and your buckler that you rely on as your shield and buckler and that you are looking for as your defender, as your refuge, as your, your delight. Your so, prize. To, to use a, a military saying, right? You're, you're a soldier, sailor, airman, marine, 24 hours a day. That's right. Are they, they have no problems. They, especially conventional forces, they remind you of this. So mm-hmm. boot, it starts in boot camp. Mm-hmm. 24 hours a day, they will remind you, have no problems. You, you never get to, to put it down, to, to shed off the uniform, if you will, take it off and pick it back up. No, no, no. It's, you live this. Amen. Amen. Every hour, every moment of every day. Amen. So that means you always remember who the Lord your God is and that you are His. Amen. That you belong to Him and you were bought with the price, but also He belongs to you, not in a way that you can defile Him or profane Him or profane His name, but mm-hmm. in a way that you have intimacy with Him and that you delight in the Lord and you long to be in His presence. Joshua was called the son of righteousness. That's what in you in or noon. Mm-hmm means it wasn't his actual it wasn't his last name it just means the son of righteousness so that's what the lord called him mm-hmm. joshua the son of righteousness he decided that being in the presence of god was his pleasure was his delight and was what he longed for and desired to do so psalm 91 is showing us what that person's life looks like and their expectation can be that they will be protected and only with their eyes will they see those that are living 70 or 80 years mm-hmm. um or those that are, their lives are being cut short. That's not the life of the believer. That's the life of the unbeliever that's cut short. The life of the believer is protected. It's sanctified in more ways than one and preserved. It's preserved. You move from victory to victory. And the Lord says very plainly here what he will do for those that love him, that rest and abide in him. Amen. Amen. And then let's let's look at God's response, which is literally listed here verses 14 through 16 mm-hmm. here's what god says and you read this for us already honey but i'll read it again thank All you right. um because he has set his love upon me this is god talking therefore i will deliver him i will set him on high because he has known my name 
He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, remember at the, at the ends or in Psalm 90, the Lord was saying, I mean, they were saying, return, Lord. Psalm 90, verse 1, to the wicked, they're going, come back, come back, Jesus, come back. Right? Return, O Lord. How long? Mm-hmm. But God is saying, when you are righteous and I'm your love and you put your affection on me, this is God saying this to his Amen. people, right. I'll be with you in trouble. I will deliver you you and honor you and with long life i will satisfy you and show you my salvation so god's like no there's no mystery about this (laughs) but but it's what the lord's desired throughout i mean i'll say from the beginning right to be in the midst of his people amen and And, yes there is a scripture in the new testament that says whenever two or three of you are gathered together mm -hmm. there i am in the midst but the lord always desired to be in the midst of his people amen and he doesn't mean that in the general sense right his people because he created you. No, no, no. He's talking about his people who love him. Amen. Because he says that very plainly in verse 14. But then he also says, because he has known my name, that means it's a relationship. When the Lord says that, I've you've known my name, that mm-hmm. means we have a relationship. And then when he says that he knows our name and that He we are known as he is known, that means we have a relationship. Yes, God knows everything about everybody. He knows every decision that's ever going to be made, but he's describing relationship here. And God kind of love is not that um, weak human affection. I was going to say, it's not that wishy-washy relationship. We'll hang out today. We'll see you for another week. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll hang out mm-hmm. for a couple of days. Go away. No, no, no. It's, it's a, a desire and a longing to be, uh, I'll say, together all the time. Amen. And... Love is not an emotion. Love Amen. is who God is. So the human version of that, we're not talking about. God's never talking about that. He's talking about his love, that he is love, mm-hmm. the love that never fails. And it's a decision. So it's God honors that decision, right? If you read through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that's a, a list of choices that one makes to engage in or not Amen. to engage in. So right back to what we were talking about uh, at the beginning. This is the choosing girl. Amen. 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 And and he says it repeatedly, right? Choose life. That's the encouragement. Choose life. But Amen. He says before us, life and death, the blessing and the curse. Amen. But choose life. That's right. And he's saying, choose to love him. When you set your affection, he's already got the ready answer. He is life, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. He is life. And so he wants to satisfy us. Verse 16, before we close, he wants to satisfy us with long life and show us his salvation. So that's always a good life. God is a lavish God. He knows how to do things right. You know, heaven is, is really dolled up. <laughs> it's not a paper mache and puppet shadows. It's the real deal and, and beautifully done. So God wants to make sure that you have that, his best in your life here and now. And it doesn't look like the world's strategies. It looks like God's. Okay. So we're going to pause there for today and we'll pick up in the next episode and we'll just keep going with this lesson. So take some time, uh, read through the scriptures that we've talked about and meditate on this before the Lord begin to form that, um, image of life. Let God start forming that and you actively participate in that because God's not going to do anything without your permission, your will to go mm-hmm. along. He's not going to overpower you. But also start looking for places in your in yourself where you thought, oh, yeah, I used to think that was true. And verbally overturn it 
that's not true. This is true. God wants to satisfy me with long life, and I'm promised at least 20, 120 mm-hmm. years. And by overturn, well, I mean, this is maybe a little ahead of where we're at mm-hmm. for, for some, but you can cast those things down. Cast down, bind and cast down every word of opposition and that has come out of your mouth and down to the ground in the name of Jesus, and that it be brought to nothing. Amen. And, that and take might... up what the Lord actually says. Amen. And that sounds like verbally saying, I don't believe that anymore. I refuse to believe my life is limited mm-hmm. to 70 or 80 years. And in Jesus' name, I choose to believe that my life is to be 120 good years of strength, of joy, of vigor, of good eyesight, good hearing, Amen. good hair, whatever it is, good joints, whatever it is, I choose to believe that. And I break up with and I, I relinquish and reject that connection to death, but I'm connected to life Amen in to Christ that. Jesus. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. Want to know more?